0: The Oregon Ducks had the biggest uh, Pac-12 non-conference win that I can remember uh, at Ohio State. Comfortable upset for them. Washington went to Ohio State's rival and got uh, absolutely manhandled and had inexplicable offensive play calling, looked utterly inept. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the rest of the Pac-12 games on this week's Eligible Receivers Podcast. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show.
1: Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64, by rule, that penalty is
0: disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks uh, over the course of the season, right? I forgot the last part of that. I almost failed. Um, But anyway, so what was the, uh, I think the first game of the day, at, started at like 9 in the morning or something local time. Oregon went to Ohio State. And, oh, have I been talking shit about how Oregon isn't that good, da-da-da-da-da. Well, maybe they're good.
1: It's possible that they're good, dude.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. they. Didn't think- I like.
0: I literally can't think of a – yeah, go ahead, go
1: ahead. Hey, Kayvon Thibodeau didn't even play in this game. Like, yeah. Didn't even <laughs> yeah. play. Their best player. Uh, Flo, whatever, their five-star linebacker didn't play in this game. Like, yeah. Two of their best defensive players. These are both, out. Yeah. They beat Ohio State yeah. in the horseshoe 35, 35 28. Substantial. And it was
0: a comfy 35 28. It was like, it, this wasn't like back and forth. This was like, for large portions of the second half, Oregon was enjoying a two score lead. You know, like this wasn't, Ohio State was scrambling to get it back within a touchdown. Okay, uh, and Oregon. I mean, you you look at this game and you tell me one team ran for two hundred and sixty nine yards and the other ran for one hundred and twenty eight. I've I would have bet a million dollars it was flipped, but it was Oregon who substantially outrushed Ohio State to the tune of seven point one yards a carry against four point one for Ohio State. I mean, uh, Stroud almost passed for five hundred yards for Ohio State, but I mean, it's a lot of that's like. I mean, they had to, you know, for like the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game, more than that, last 20 minutes of the game, probably they were desperate to move the ball in chunks. So, I mean, this was just a a tremendous win for Mario Cristobal. Uh, uh, CJ Verdell is an excellent running back. I mean, to run the ball 20 times against Ohio State and average over eight yards of carry. I mean, that's a credit to their O-line and a credit to their running backs uh, and a credit to their offensive coaching staff for putting them in positions to make all this happen. That uh, I remember the announcers during this game were saying over and over that Ohio State had to get out of their man defense because Oregon's running game just had it beat. And Ohio State, uh, at least to some extent, fell victim to the problems that we've talked about with Washington State against Washington and Washington against Stanford. and you know, And it makes a lot of sense because they've had so much success. But they got caught where the thing they do wasn't working and they did not adjust. They don't have
1: another thing to do once that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the rub. That's, I mean, that's a... kind of the rub in college football, right? Is like because they're still peripherally amateurs. Oh, maybe. I don't even know anymore how you categorize them. But, um, and because there's so much turnover, like you got, you get one thing. Like you get one thing. And then, and like if that thing doesn't work, you're in trouble. Like most teams, don't have yep. a second thing that they can do, so yeah. yeah,
0: and and also you get in a position where if you try and learn a second thing, that's going to take away from time that you needed to perfect.
1: The yeah, first you, run thing. The list. you run the risk you run the risk right. of not being able to do either things, um, and getting blown up, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but anyway, I I mean, can I, can you
0: think what's like a better I mean, I'm thinking about like, uh, all the way back to the 2000 Huskies and that was at home against Miami. Like that was a monster win, but like, that's the level that we're talking about here.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: in term, like Ohio state's one of these teams that at the start of every year, you pencil them in as one of the, they're taking one of the four playoff spots, yeah. you know? Uh, and they are, uh, in, you know, I mean, they're, they're a lot of season left to go and they'll be able to spin it if they win out. I'm sure because they're such a high pedigree program. But, uh, I mean, this was just a a mammoth win for Oregon. It's everything you dread as a Washington fan.
1: Top two or three program in Ohio state and it's on the road. So I don't think there's a comp, but I, I mean, yeah, that Miami team, just because if you go back and look at that Miami team and the number of first rounders that played on that Miami team and the fact that they didn't lose again, um, until the national title game yeah. I think. Um and they played in the national title that year. But um but you're right, that was a Husky stadium. So yeah, oh yeah,
0: I'd say the Oregon one's better cuz it's on the road. I mean, it's it's shocking, you know, that they were in control of this game to have it starting at a weird time when you're not used to playing for a West Coast team.
1: Yeah.
0: Absurd. I mean, just what a game, dude. What a game. Uh you have to say good for the Ducks. Uh, you don't have to like it, yeah, but you got to say, it. Uh, next up, we had uh, Colorado hosting Texas A&M, kind of hosting Texas A&M. I think they played it at yeah. the Broncos stadium. And, and folks, it was a Montana, Washington affair for the neutral. Points were at a premium. The Buffs scored seven points in the first quarter. And stop me if you've heard this before, they were done scoring for the day. And Texas A&M managed to find a fourth quarter touchdown and limp out of there embarrassed uh as three point winners too in unranked Colorado. Yeah,
1: NM's quarterback got hurt. I turned this game on not realizing he'd been hurt and I was watching it without any sound. So I was sort of deducing that maybe he got benched because I kept they kept panning to Jimbo Fisher on the sideline with his like arms like, with his like yeah, arms yeah, around yeah. the backup, like talking to him, kind of like, look, I know you didn't want to play in this game and I didn't want you to play in this game. <laughs> but here we are. You're playing in this game. Um, and he was not any good, man. That 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 contract Jimbo Fisher got must not include a clause about a backup QB because um, he could not play football. But Colorado, after jumping out to a seven nothing lead and like looking like it was like they were dominating, I was watching them run up and down the field, but they just couldn't punch it in. And they had the running game going, and they missed field goals. And I was just ah, this was like it was there for him. It was there for them to beat Texas A and M and give the conference another huge victory. Um, And they just couldn't, they just couldn't get over the hump. Really disappointing.
0: Yep. All right. Let's go to, uh, just because it's next in line on my screen, uh, a game that had massive conference-wide ramifications that we're going to be feeling for some time. Stanford looked terrible last week against Kansas State. Uh, They could not be stopped against USC. Stanford, Comfortable winners, comfortable winners, forty-two to twenty-eight in the Coliseum, no, no less.
1: Clay Helton's last game as USC coach. I don't know why this of all, like of all the games he's coached, this was the one that broke the athletic director's back. And really, you gotta say, I know that that athletic director is a new-ish hire. I think last year was his first year. Um, but man, like, what are you doing? Like two games into the season, you like? Oh, I love it. Yeah, but I you could have it. fired him before he could, the season. If he's a, like now, what are you gonna do? No, but if you're a new, if you're a new
0: guy, then uh, you say you're like, oh, well, I got it. You know, he's had some success, and you got to give him the pandemic year, and also, don't shoot your uh, keep your job bullets until you have to. You know, if you're new on the job, everybody's gonna give you a pass for 2020. It was a it was a pandemic year, and then 2021. I mean, this guy probably got the job uh, and, you know, was telling his loved ones that that fucker looks at me the wrong way. He's fired. He's been he's been waiting for 15 months to fire this guy. Just waiting for the perfect time. And what does he have? An irate fan base. And let's just shut him up immediately. Hey, this guy's out of here. Need you guys to support the kids. We got a
1: coaching yeah, search. Yeah, I don't know, but that's a, that's the problem I have with it. Is like you could have done your coaching search over the off season and had a new coach now, and now you've got like you're gonna go the rest of the season without a coach, right? I mean, you've got your interim, and now you're yeah. just you're basically just jumping the gun on everybody else. But you're so far out ahead of everybody else on the search, um, you know, with with Oregon dominating recruiting on
0: the West Coast in the manner that they are uh i think you i think that requires every other program to be proactive for one for two if you and i have spent five years saying why don't they fire this asshole i'm not i'm not this is not going to be one of those where like uh i'm not going to like have any problem with the manner in which it occurred you did the right thing it's like the withdrawal from afghanistan you know what i mean it's like uh it's like like 80 almost almost 80% of the people in this country, some poll I saw said support it. And then there was like, there was some heaven and hahn when they talked about the manner in which poll, it was executed. Just the do poll the talking about
1: supporting the firing of Clay Hilton, right? That was a nationwide poll.
0: 80% uh, poll of USC fans. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm saying a hundred, percent yeah. support, uh, to keep Clay Hilton at USC from 11 of pack of the 12 schools yeah. in the conference. Uh, Uh, USC fans were probably like 100%. And like, so I'm sure some of them will bitch about this the same reason. You'll be like, well, why didn't you do it before the season? Well, you didn't do it before the season. So when's the next best time to do it right now? Every day was a good day
1: to do it, I suppose. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. I'm just like, man, you like, you obviously had that chambered, like, uh, just, you know, you could have put him out of his misery in the offseason and still paid him the same amount give the man a summer off for God's sakes. And, and then you had a coaching staff by now. So now you just like, you just burned an entire season, basically interim coach recruiting is going to suffer and yeah, you're going to get your guy. But I mean, I, I, I just love this. I just love this notion in college athletics. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. Right. Like, like, yeah, oh, well, whatever, you know, it we'll was, yeah, you know, a bunch of, bunch of red shirt seniors came back after their COVID year, <laughs> you know, and like, <laughs> and like, yeah, Hey guys, yeah. Hey, gather around! I'm going to tell you some more stuff. You know, you guys have dealt with a lot of you guys have dealt with a lot of controversy. Let me give you a little bit more. You know, and like they season shot now. It's like, oh, cool. So, this. but the thing is, is like, I
0: you have to say USC's in there with a shout to what I mean. It's going to come down to their game against like UCLA, and it's like for as good as UCLA's looked, like would it shock anybody if they ended up dropping two or three yeah. conference games? You know, I think like is still a great chance to be the representative in the Pac-12 title game from the South. Their season's not over. And uh, yeah, and the other thing you said is that, like, now, you know, I'm reading this week about Dan Mullen, uh, you know, has been contacted by USC and was going to, like, interview, <laughs> you know, like their people were going to talk on Wednesday. He's the fucking coach of Florida, you know? You think those no, people I, like I, that? I know. I'm just
1: saying, like, yeah. Clay Hilton got blown out last year in the Pac-12 championship game, you know, like – the conversation, like to to a bad, to a bad team, team, like that was that was the time. And now you'd be sitting here. Dan Mullins, your coach today, you know, like, and you got all these guys back, and you're you're good to go. You probably didn't lose Stanford by fourteen four, but they did. I, I wouldn't Clay Helton's out. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Well, I'll
0: tell you what. I, I I wouldn't put it past him to get Peterson.
1: Oh, I absolutely wouldn't put him past it to get Peterson. I wouldn't put him past it to go get Cristobal. Um, Peterson interviewed for that Yeah, job yeah, before. yeah, oh yeah. I don't care what anybody says, Peterson. Peterson <laughs> burned out. Peterson, yeah. something about UW's athletic department burned him out. He bailed on that. He bailed on that. Uh, um, what burned him
0: out was the same thing that burned him out at Boise State. Is that he had a year where he didn't win uh ninety five percent of his games. Yeah. You know, like that. That was, I mean, he lost like four or five games a year before he jumped ship from Boise. And then he had his worst year as a coach at Washington, uh in tip. I'm low oh yeah. So, I mean
1: like you're I am low key pissed off with you, Dub, about how they handled that whole Peterson thing. It's not exact comp, but you remember when they fired Willingham, but then let him coach like five more games, uh, which he surprisingly did not yep. win any of. Um, you know, Peterson yep. steps down and now he's like a professor on campus somewhere, you know, like he's like we like, for why why is it when these guys bail on the university that the University of Washington feels the need to like hug them a little bit more, like like put their arm around it and be like, hey, just kind of hang out a little bit, like it's fine, you know, like like no, like get rid of that guy, yeah. like get rid of like no. he went to three straight, you know, BCS game and then two, uh, whatever we call them, I mean, he went to the playoff and then two BCS bowl games, didn't win any of them, kind of. Kind of figured that it was too hard or whatever. Didn't like recruiting. Didn't like that you know Oregon was calling him a racist or whatever. Which I probably wouldn't like that either. But um, you know, and then and then he just bails and it'd be like, okay, man, well, I'm sorry that you burned out, but you can't you can't like stay here. Like you know, like we got to have somebody new in here, and uh, and it can't you can't just be like wandering around campus like one of the top five coaches in all of college football. You know, like literally going into our business school with like a cup of coffee every day. And I'm, you know, like, it's not going to work. Um
0: I don't have any problem with him being on, being like a guy around campus or whatever. What I would have a problem with, which I'm sure happens is him having any influence on any decisions made regarding the football team, which you know that like his vote of confidence in Jimmy Lake had to have been a, a big factor in Jimmy Lake getting the job. And also just well, apparently the extreme laziness of our athletic director in uh, caring for the school's number one athletic asset and being like, Oh, we'll just, you know, keep promoting from within until all these guys who weren't good enough to do these jobs when we were good, end up having the important jobs.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, let's, anyway, let's burn so, that, these, so that's, let's burn so that's Stanford games and games. USC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's burn so we can bitch about this in good faith. <laughs> Uh,
0: BYU, <laughs> BYU uh, played Utah. BYU had not beaten Utah in about 10 years. And, oh, big win, I'd say, for the uh, the Provo Cougars. It's, uh Kalani Satake and his boys. I'm not sure if I'm – I think I'm saying that name right, but yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, th- you know, they get a big rivalry win against a ranked Utah team. Uh, they don't have, you know, their top-notch quarterback anymore, but they still had enough uh, to build up a lead in the first half and make that thing hold up over the second half. So good win for BYU. Good win
1: for BYU. The only other thing I'm going to say about this game, leading receiver in this game at 37 yards. You might recognize the name, Puka Nakua. Who could forget that name?
0: But the best receiver in Washington history, yeah. this guy that, like, you know, I mean, you know, he, he probably had, like, three – O- you know okay to good games for washington you know yeah. but i mean that's really a commentary on the rest of our receiving corps is that when you'd read like reports about practice they'd be talking about oh god puka nakua he's got to play
1: yeah. and then he played and we were like wait what yeah. are we not throwing the ball or what all, all right,
0: right. Yeah, yeah we we physically can't uh can't run it either uh arizona state hosted unlv arizona state Unable to cover the 89 point spread in this game. They yep. win 37 to 10. <laughs> Vegas, I don't know what the, uh, yeah, what their line is for next that. week, that but good. I hope it's uh, over 30.
1: <laughs> again, yeah, it was gonna state 32, and they scored 37. So you know they're yeah. <laughs> uh, 32 and a half, they scored 37.
0: So they, it Somebody somebody's paying off. off their student loans by betting big on uh, uh, Arizona yeah. State to not cover. You know. Uh, all right. Next up, we had TCU and Cal. Cal lost to Nevada the previous week. Another tough opponent. No favors for them. They go to where is TCU?
1: Well, they went to Arlington, I think. I think oh, this
0: G- is a Jerry G- World game.
1: I thought so. What an abysmal
0: know. place to play a college football game. Unless it's like, uh, you know, like Oklahoma and Texas where like people will go to it, you know? Yeah. It seems I'm like right the right. wrong, the wrong, it just seems like a bad venue. Uh, but anyway, TCU, uh, Cal, I mean, they were in the game just like they were in the game against Nevada, but uh, ultimately not enough at the end of the day. TCU, Horn Frogs, 34, 32. Did Cal cover that? They must have covered, right?
1: Oh, they way covered that. TCU favored? was 11 point favorites. No, TCU is favored by 11. Yeah. Cal covered the hell out of that.
0: Hell yeah. Chase Garbers, Garbered it up. Not his problem.
1: Well, yeah. there's your problem. Was...
0: Is that TCU almost ran for 300 yards? There's always a
1: problem with Cal.
0: Yep. Cal. All, uh, mediocre again. <laughs> like, they've done it again, goddammit. Washington State. Hosted mediocre Portland to State. bad. Nick Rolovich. Yeah, I feel like I'm on a delay yeah. with you or something. Um,
1: speak. Are, on are you? I was gonna say, what's going on? Because like you keep starting and stopping.
0: Well, no, I feel like I hear you say something and then I feel like there are giant pauses or something. You so not hear me? it's just like double Dutch. I'm just not. No, now I can hear you, uh, and I have been able to hear you the entire time. But I feel like I say something and whatever. This is uninteresting. Nick Rolovich. Is he vaccinated? Who knows? <laughs> it's the mystery of the state uh they hosted portland state uh and won 44 to 24 was that out uh and delora vote of confidence back in the starting lineup 300 yards two tugs
1: seems like he's the guy we probably ought to play him more you know if you want to win games
0: yeah yeah that freshman who is good you might want to just see it through and then like at the very least you'll have a year where he's like a senior with a lot of experience nothing yeah. wrong with that and the guy who Cougs, is who is like bad
1: at tennessee you can just let him be bad on your bench yeah. yeah, he wasn't in to get sure. Tennessee. Like, or, you know, like, why are you going to try and play him now when you got a good quarterback? Just play the good quarterback.
0: I mean, Washington State's been demonstrably superior to Tennessee, uh, both overall and throwing. So, like, why do we think that this guy's going to be – yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, good, good on the Cougs. They won a game. Imagine what that's like. It must be the best. Uh, next up, San Diego State uh, and Arizona played each other. San Diego State, Brady Hoke. Thirty-eight to fourteen, dominant win, and baby, that final score flatters Arizona because this game they didn't really play a second half. It was what thirty-five to seven at the half.
1: Thirty-five seven at the half, and then yeah, San Diego State put three points in the second half. Still won by money. What a joke!
0: Yeah, dominant. So uh, fish off to a terrible start, but he's just got there. They have to keep him for three more years. Oregon State, Ridiculous.
1: Hawaii, what a, what Oregon a State. This
0: is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Oregon State, uh, forty-five to twenty-seven winners against Hawaii. Uh, tremendous uh, performance for the Bees, bouncing back from the loss against Purdue. Uh, Hawaii, you know, they didn't look great against UCLA. Uh, so maybe they're, this is just one of their years where they happen to be bad. Chance Nolan, the quarterback for the Beavers over 300 yards and they had 256 yards on the ground. They were moving it up and down the field
1: and they covered easily.
0: Yeah. Uh, love and respect to the Beaverinos. Good job guys. Uh, which brings us to, I think that's every game, but the Washington Huskies, Washington went into the big house in Ann Arbor and Gave up uh, you know, I mean, they they just looked like absolute dog shit uh, the entire game. And if you want to know how good Washington's season is going, uh, John Donovan is openly coaching for his job against Arkansas State.
1: And Jimmy Lake ain't too far behind him. Is he, though? Like, I've had this debate with a bunch of people. Like, the problem that Washington has right now is that when Jimmy Lake was hired, he had... Pete Kwiatkowski as a defensive coordinator. And he had to make yep. one big hire, which was his offensive coordinator. Yep. He went out and got Donovan as his offensive coordinator, which everybody at the time, like, raised an eyebrow. Like, that seems weird. He didn't do particularly well at Penn State while he was there. But, you know, in the offseason, you can sell you them. can sell anything in the offseason, right? And so it was like, oh, no, it was misunderstood. The NFL really respects this guy. You know, you're, you don't, like... Don't judge a book by its cover or whatever. Uh, this is going to work, and and so now, then Pete Kwiatkowski leaves UW to go to Texas, and so now Jimmy Lake is sitting with the recruiting, like with a with a coaching staff that can't recruit, is yeah. uh, I would say inexperienced overall in terms of like not necessarily the age of the coordinators and everything, but just in like the number of years they've been in the positions that they're in and um terrible. So that's a, that's a tough combination. And well, here's
0: the deal. Is that like, yeah, I mean you could, so if you're going to give him a, a, a full staff clear out and tell him, listen, motherfucker, everything needs to change or you're gone. You still somehow, enough of glow on you that you're able to survive this thing but ultimately it's the head coach's job and if your head coach doesn't have the relationships or the the knowledge to get a staff around him that at the very if they can't coach that's fine just fucking recruit
1: but if you can't coach and you can't recruit then does the coach know what he's doing i i believe having thought about it now and i will say for sure i'm embarrassed that i fell for the hype but like it it, it appears to me that he's signir- like significantly insecure. Like he's super insecure because he chased away everybody around him or got rid of her. So, or they chose to leave or whatever that would be a seen you know, a senior, more experienced coach that would have opinions on what they wanted to do. All of those people are gone. There's no, like yeah. only people left on staff are B personalities. Um, there's nobody left yeah. to challenge him. and, you know, yeah. in my real life, you know, if I, if I go into a business and we see an executive team where you've got a first time CEO who has cleared out, you know, like who has no experienced uh, ex- you know, executives around him or her, then we would start right there and say, like, hey, that's a problem. Like, you got to have people who challenge you. A rising tide, you know, raises all the ships. Like, like businesses are not the trajectory of a business is not determined by its highest performers. It's determined by its lowest, you know, like that's the rate limiting factor in most, you know, businesses. And I would say the same thing about college football programs. Like it's not going to be that you have one shining star is going to carry the day. That doesn't work. There's a reason Nick Saban continually hires these like crazy big names into coordinator positions, even though he knows he's only going to get them for like a year or two before they go back to be a head coach somewhere. Right? He he could go hire yeah. a twenty five year old. At as obviously well, yeah, and that, just be uh, like, look, just do everything I say And we're be fine. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to do that.
0: I would say it's not a, it's not a apples to apples comparison because one of the benefits of having as much credibility as Nick Saban does is that he does get to hire these gigantic names and then forbids them from talking to the media. <laughs> Like he has a lot of, he makes a lot of uh, terms about uh, how they're going to comport themselves while they're having the pleasure of. But I mean, again, he could, he could be
1: like, but he could for sure. And just say, Hey, I, I tell you how, but he doesn't, he fills, he fills the room up with experience, you know, with, with alpha level players. Uh, a players. And yeah. and Washington has none of those. Right now. Not a single
0: goddamn one. And he's
1: screwed. Like, he's totally screwed right now. Yeah. yeah and he's completely I, uh, screwed uh, right now. The, because uh, who's – what's he going to do? If he fires John Donovan right now – Go ahead. I think we're – our audio is obviously off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, you're, uh, you're coming in and out on mine for some reason. Uh, but uh, it's, fun. I mean, I think just for a second, the only thing that didn't come through was a brief thing, but I got the point of what you were saying, which is that like, if you don't hire uh, competitive people around you, then it's, uh, it's going to be bad for your overall business. Um, but yeah, what, so I don't know if it's something with your internet or whatever, but I don't, I don't think it's like super degrading the quality of the show. Uh, okay. It's already to begin again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we we are not a players so uh, this is this is a, a little bit of the kind yeah, yeah. of black here
0: <laughs> yeah but like what are we trying to do you know what i mean yeah. for like for two guys who are just trying to fuck around on weeknights during college football season uh you you, you couldn't execute this better
1: no that's true we haven't missed There's 13 years
0: so. of of uh, track record anyway uh so yeah i mean the, in terms of like the actual game, uh, one thing I'm not fooled by, uh, is the fact that the offense was able to throw the ball in the fourth quarter a little bit and that Dylan Morris, if you look at his numbers at the end of this game, you're like, well, not terrible. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Washington was able to get some chunk plays against, uh, an entirely disinterested defense that had thoroughly bottled them up and was probably like bemused at how ineffective Washington was at moving the ball for three quarters. Like, and this is the same story as it was for Chris Peterson's offense in the Ohio State and Penn State bowl games where like Washington all of a sudden has a flurry of yards and points in the fourth quarter to make the game look a lot better than it was. Like during the time when the game was there to be won, Washington's offense did not exist. Uh, And speaking of that, they're within, you know, they have a chance to get it down to a one score game in the first half are driving in Michigan territory. And here's where I was finally like, You know, I mean, I think I was on the fire John Donovan train after last week, but when I was, like, you know, ready to start, like, writing letters to people was on, like, third and four, third and six, or whatever it was, they call some running play up the middle that doesn't work, go for it on fourth down with essentially the same play, which also gets stuffed. and you're just like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah, fourth and four, and you run a read option out of the shotgun, which means you're handing the ball off to the running back four yards behind the line of scrimmage, so that person has to then gain... You know, twenty-four forward feet from where he touches the ball, uh, and the defender met him after one or two of those feet, um, and he did not make the other yep. twenty-two. Uh, unfortunately, he pretty much immediately went down because there were four other defenders right behind the the first one. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is a problem, man. And I and I, I don't. There's no solution. Here's what to this. I'm saying. Yeah. Well,
0: here's what I'm saying: is like, I mean, if here's why I don't have any problem firing John Donovan. You know what I mean? I hear what you're saying about like, what's it, what are they going to do for offense the rest of the year? I mean, the exact same shit. I don't give a shit. It already sucks. You know what I mean? But at least if they fire him, like, what are they doing? Send in John, is John Donovan like texting any recruits right now? I kind of hope not, you know, uh, or like going on visits. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he's not going to be there, but I, not yeah. any kind of recruiting, my, that's asset my, my promise. You can at least spin the, yeah,
1: go ahead. Who's 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 gonna replace him, right? Like right now, you've got two choices, right? You've got sort of you bring in a stopgap like a Tedford or a Helfrich, if you can get them. Like I don't, I think that's a big, big if. I mean, I don't see why either one of those guys, financially or otherwise, would want to make that move. But but like you bring in the stopgap coordinator to come in for the rest of the year, the the seasoned you know c- come in. You know, Tedford spent 2016 up here as a consultant you know, you you add him to the staff and, and, you know, hope he gets things right, but that person is not going to recruit for you. And you can't really recruit because you don't really, you have nothing to tell recruits. Like you can't say, Oh, well, here's what your offense is going to look like when you get here, here's what we're going to do. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me in terms of a move. And then the other alternative is, okay, well you go hire a real offensive coordinator. Well, who, like none of the, none of the actual offensive coordinators that you you'd want because they're going to be, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to be in way better situations right now, much more stable situations. They're not going to jump ship where they're at to come join Jimmy Lake staff when it's not entirely. And so like, what's, what's he going to do? Like, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, Donovan, I, I don't, I don't, I'll be fine if they if they let him go because yeah, I mean it's it's atrocious. but I also think like these coaches you know it's a little bit of a fraternity amongst these coaches and some of them hate each other but but overall, it's kind of like there's a code like Donovan, you fire him after six games and then you're out looking for a new offensive coordinator i think I think you're gonna be like like you and I might as well apply for that because like there are gonna be a lot of people applying to uh, come no. into that game well
0: that's I- I think where you get around that problem is you're not going to get somebody that's had success at a major college football program. What you have to be looking for is somebody down market, either, you know, lower, you know, out, you know, like group of five or FCS even, but just somebody who has got like some clear offensive principles and tell them one, we're going to quintuple your salary. And uh, two, I'm going to stay the fuck out of your way. You you do what needs to be done to make this, uh one, an offensive score points, and two, attractive to recruits, maybe not necessarily in that order. <coughs> so, I, I mean, I think it yeah. can be done. I, mean, it's I, not gonna I, be, I look at it. I,
1: yeah, yeah. To me, it's like the Quincy Pondex that Hopkins did. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of just absolutely playing out the string ass over their head coaches. I mean, either, we're this is the thing. Remember when we, I, I, I forget, uh, when Washington and Ben were in the midst of like 0-12 and, and stuff like that, and we played Oklahoma at home, and Oklahoma kicked the absolute shit out of us. And you talk with Oklahoma fans before this game, and they tell you, when Stoops came in, it was just different. You knew right away that you had the right guy. Okay. there, And I think the negative inference there, the, or the flip side of it is that if uh, Jimmy lakes, just he's just about, uh, he's 99% out of opportunities to prove that he's the right guy for this job. Donovan's fully out of opportunities to prove that he's the right guy for this job. So you have to get rid of Donovan just to, just to show that, you know, just to be credible in terms of a program that says we're willing to acknowledge the obvious. Yeah. Like, so, and I understand what you're saying about, like, I mean, the rest of this here is going to suck anyway. It's going to suck either way. I, I think it. Uh, the situation demands action.
1: I, I think it I, is ultimately the right. But anyway. I just, I, I, yeah. I look at all these people who are, who are I look, look at these. Um, Line you look... Twitter yeah. and they're like, let's go hire so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm just like, I, I I don't think that's how it works. Like, I don't think a quality offensive coordinator at a good school is coming over here.
0: Yeah, that's not happening. I've, I agree with that. I agree with over. that. No. We're fine, dude. We're getting through. I'm picking up your audio. It's coming in a little slurry sometimes, but for the most part, it's good, especially once you get going. So if I could give you a note, I'd
1: say start talking and keep talking for a while. Uh, it just seems like I'm like two seconds behind you because because you got to wait for me and then I don't talk or you don't. I'm starting to talk. You don't hear me. And then you just start talking and then you stop. So, all right. Well, it's fine. We'll just we'll battle through it because it's late and that's how we're going to. Yeah, we'll power it's gonna, through. It's, gonna, it's like the rest of the season for UW. It's not good. So just deal with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Listen, I think there's still great content in here. We're both clearly angry. Yeah, I'm mad. Anyway, yeah. how we doing picks last week? How
1: we doing picks? Well, we did bet. Uh, myself and Tubby went 6 and 4. Uh, you and Worm went 4 and 6. So, for the year, I am 10 and 13. You are 8 and 15, my friend. Uh, so, a lot of opportunity for improvement the,
0: the audio is um, getting worse we might let's but this maybe week just i looked at the, the lines i feel like, call like we're gonna get a lot of them right this
1: week
0: i feel really good about it <laughs> okay okay let's just let's just blitz through these and uh not talk too much about them and then we'll uh, call it good for the episode and try and fix the internet for next week so anyway minnesota okay. colorado Eight. colorado are three point favorites colorado Uh, Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Oregon State, Idaho. No line. Oregon State. Next up, Washington State hosting USC. USC, eight and a half point favorites on the road in Pullman. They just fired their coach. We like the Trojans? I do. I like Washington State. Cal, Sac State, no line. I'm showing you how I got to uh, – yeah, Cal, Cal, Cal. I'm showing you how I got to 8 and 15. Yeah.
1: <laughs> San Diego State, Utah, home. Utah going there. Utah minus 9. Yeah. San Diego State's good, dude. Um, give me the give me the hoax.
0: Yeah, I'll take them. Give me the Aztecs. I like it. This is not a game. Oregon schedule uh, belies a clear expectation of a loss against Ohio State. I did not know Stony Brook had a football team.
1: They're coming to Oregon, dude. They're coming to Eugene.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I'll think Stanford is going to cover. A put- <laughs> Why is that?
1: yeah or Oregon or stanford's going all the way across the country to play vandy that doesn't make sense and and somehow they're 12 point favorites i don't i don't appreciate that no, no.
0: uh i'll take stanford in this one you got vandy
1: Arizona.
0: all right i got arizona then we got byu in Arizona State. Two ranked teams. Uh, is BYU going to do it two weeks in a row? Yeah, I'll, get, I'll take BYU yes. in this game. All right. UCLA, 11.5 point favorites against Fresno State. Fresno State gave Oregon a game. Uh, and I'll take Fresno State.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't think we're even... Online anymore. It's the old days. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm even connected yeah, yeah, yeah. to the internet. So okay.
0: Well, up. I can hear, I heard that. Uh, but anyway, I haven't heard many of your picks, but I've been shouting mine into this microphone as if that'll fix things. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll, t- we'll both take Washington, right?
1: Yeah, we have to. I i can assure you that all my picks are in. I've got UW, Colorado, Oregon State, SC, Cal, San Diego State, Oregon, Bandy, BYU, and UCLA. A lot of winners there. A lot of winners.
0: Okay. Were you able to hear mine or not?
1: Yes, I've got all yours in.
0: Okay, perfect. Then we're great. We're great. Then okay, perfect. Then you said yours. Then it's all a matter of record. We both have Washington. Uh, now, if I was really betting this game, I'd bet Arkansas State, knowing nothing about them, just knowing that do we do we look like we're capable of scoring sixteen points, which is the amount that we're favored by?
1: No, and I'm taking I'm taking my one year old son. Tuskegee stadium for his first game. And it is going to be a surly environment. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to be teaching him how to boo, which is not something I thought we'd be learning in, our, yep. in Arkansas state, but we're going to learn how to boo. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, like, and then I'm going to leave in the first quarter. Like the first time he even sort of pretends like he's not having fun. I'm going to be like, no, nope, this is too much work. We're out of here. Um, and I'm going to be home before halftime. That's my plan. I
0: think that's a marvelous plan. Uh, I'm not even going to go to the game because I went to the Montana game. You get one of those out of me. Uh, And here, oh yeah, the other thing I wanted to say about Washington is, is that like, I like uh, the Twins as a baseball team, right? And they were like supposedly in the middle of their competitive window and they started this season and just have been terrible all year, you know? Like, uh, And what is a key to enjoying a team like this, which is what Washington is, is like, as soon as you can get to a place where you just accept that they're absolute dog shit, you can like start trying to find other things to enjoy about them. But for as long as you hold on to the idea that they might be good this year, it's just going to prolong the pain. So cast this team away, cast this coaching staff away, uh, say goodbye to most of your good players. They're going in the transfer portal. Let's just try and enjoy whatever we can find to enjoy about these games. That is our only option. That's my advice.
1: That's all we got.
0: Yep. That's all we got. All right. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, i Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.